Good morning. Welcome to another segment of Financially Speaking. I'm your host, Drexwell um, Seymour. And, um, you know, we're already more than halfway through September. Can you believe it? Time is, is surely going fast. I mean, soon or later, or sooner than later, we'll be in 2024. With all things, you know, we give God thanks um, for bringing us this far. And I'm going to get right into the show. We have a, a special guest. I promised this this gentleman because he was the only one that called in when I had the call-in opportunity, and he called in. And so I, I promised him that I'll give him an opportunity to be in the studio sometime in September. And so today we have this gentleman here, um, the Honorable Edwin Aswe, the leader of the opposition and the leader of the People's Democratic Movement, the PDM Party. And with that said, I want to, to welcome Honorable Aswe to Financially Speaking. This is probably his third time on the show. Um, he is in the Grand Turk um, studio, and of course, I am here in Provo. So please let everyone know that Financially Speaking is on. We may have some... We may not be on Facebook Live, but later you'll see us on Facebook. But in the meantime, you can listen to us on the radio. So with that said, I want to welcome Anna Blaswick to the show. Yes, good morning, Brother Seema. Uh, and good morning to all your listeners out there. Uh, it's happy to always be in conversations with you, especially on this show, Financially Speaking, and over the People's Radio Station. Uh, I think it works well um, here in the studio in Grand Turk. And the staff here is taking good care of me. Uh, all is well on my side and hope that all is well on your side. Yes, all is well. You know, I always tell people, you know, I'm Drax well. Drax is always well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And just, just to let the listeners know, I didn't ask you what was the topics, what you wanted to talk about, didn't ask for any questions, so I didn't even know what is the topics, but... Like I said in the House of Assembly uh, the other day, uh, Boy Scout must always be prepared. So, you know, Absolutely. I, I want them to know I didn't ask you even so for the topic. No, you didn't. You yes. didn't. Especially you want to be the next premier. You have yes. to be prepared at all times. Always. All right. So, like for me, um, as an outsider, I mean, how long have you been in, in politics? When was your first time in political office? Uh, it was formally in 2012, but uh, 2010 to 2000, that date, uh, I was at the governor's office. That's during the interim administration when I was the deputy PS and then acting PS under the late Kingsley Bain, who was the PS of the governor's office. And oh, really at I didn't that time, yes, and really at that time, my my taste really really got wet for politics, dealing with all things government. Uh, at that time, because a lot of things would pass through the office there that we had to deal with, you know, on behalf of TCIG. So right. at, in the office at that time, you had the FCO part and you have the TCIG part of the governor's office. Uh, that was during Gordon Veteral and Rick Todd. Yes, yes, yes. And then, and then in 2012, and 12, you, you ran yes. as a candidate for the constituency that you now represent. Yes. So, so it's so it's more than three terms, and I'm already fifty, and so it's nothing about pension or anything, you know. Because I, I, yeah, I, I could have cut from last time, from last 
the time go around, it was two terms, you know. So yeah. I don't believe that everybody's running for pension. Yes. I, I believe some people really, really care on both sides, PNP and PDM, that re they really want to make a difference. Um, of course, they don't mind the pension, but I, but I do believe that people run hoping to make a difference. But unfortunately, when they get in power, they realize it's not how they think it is. Yes, and, exactly. And tell us, um, you were the Minister of um, Health. Yes. 2006, 2020. Oh, 2016 to 2020. Yes. Um, you were the Minister of Health. Um, tell us your experience as the Minister of Health and some of the things that um, you have done during your tenure as the Minister of, of Health. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, my experience was uh, when I saw the limitations and uh, the relationship in cabinet. At that time, you know, I make no secret of it, we had a governor who I believe was just fully against politicians. Mm -hmm. You know, I made that no, I don't mince that word. You know, what I don't was his name? Uh, that was uh, John Freeman, Governor oh, yes. Freeman. And even inside of cabinet, I felt like it was always them against us, you know. The technocrats, and who's them? because the, the governor's one person. Who's the them? technocrats of, uh, of the government against the elected branch of the government, and that's how I felt in cabinet straight through. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with debates, it wasn't. I never felt like everything we were one trying to achieve one mission. Now uh, with uh, the next governor, Governor Deccan, he mm -hmm. made it a little bit different. You know, I Look. saw the difference. Yes, I, I, I felt that we were on one team at that time. That's good to hear. Yes, but with uh, Freeman, it felt like them versus us. Mm -hmm. And, and that must have been very <coughs> tough being yes. an elected member, being in cabinet, promising yes. the people this and that. And when you get the cabinet, you cannot get what you really wanted. Yes, and, and that is the thing is, and we had to learn ways of how you do things because at that time, you know, it always were, well, you cannot do this. This cannot be done. But nobody would say, well, if you want to do this, this is What's the legal talented? way how you can achieve uh, your mandate for your people. You know, so that is the, one of the big difference, I think, you know, as politicians, we need to hear that, okay, if you want to achieve this, if you want to build this, if you want to bring in this policy, this is how you do it. But how you propose and it cannot happen. Mm, yes. I see. And, and okay. No, and uh, to go on with your question, uh, you know, coming into the Ministry of Health, of course, you know, I saw the things with NHIP treatment abroad, uh, the hospital deal, which I still have a problem with today. And, you know, that is when we start the arbitration. You know, we wanted, mm -hmm. you know, certain people would come forward, you know. I thought the arbitration started before then. No, no, no. The arbitration didn't start before then. All right. Uh, okay. we, I can remember all the meetings, and they asked me if I'm sure this is the way that we want to go uh, with the government and meeting with the lawyers in my office. Uh, the law firm there, they're coming down, meeting, and talking about the carrot and the stick and all the ways forward, and we decided, yes, we want to proceed. You know, we want okay. to try and get uh, out of this contract yes. as it stands. You know, so I had been in all the meetings and can challenge anyone who can say anything to the contrary. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so moving on, uh, that, that is one of the things that I did. Uh, agriculture, the agriculture policy, 
you know, which give the farmers grants. And so, you know, that is something that I brought in. Uh, there was some work done before. There were some attempts before by the former government, the Rufus Urine administration. So, you know, we, we saw what they were trying to do and enhance that and bring it forward. You know, we saw some work so that was done before because me, you know, I always say, you know, you, you cannot just, if something is good that the previous government did, you just see how you can change it, how you can modify Absolutely. it, how you can enhance it. You don't have to throw it all away. So that agriculture policy, some of the works was done before. Uh, it wasn't quite a policy, and we got it out. Uh, farmers grants, and at that time we wanted to take the the hundred and something, hundred and four acres down in Q and divide it up into half that an where acre. The government governance farm is yes, in Q? yes. Okay, those hundred and four acres. It's it's uh, close to a hundred and something. Yes, and uh, divide it up and to give to people, you know. And trust to people. So if you want to do bananas, okay, we have half an acre. We have two acres here for you to do bananas. If you want to do tomatoes, you have half an acre here, you know, and lease it out to the people, not for them to build homes or to transfer or to sell, but lease it out for farming. And the same thing we wanted to do in the Salt Islands. We wanted to look at the container farms, hydroponics, and all that in the Salt Islands. So agriculture, you know, all the eat what you grow, grow what you eat, promotions, giving away plants. You know, I did that in terms of agriculture. In terms of sports, uh, first thing that we did, we went and got sports equipment for every school in the Turks and Caicos Islands and some 15 different disciplines. Uh, I still have the pictures up on my Facebook. Anybody want to see that? You know, the first time ever we had uh, sports equipment given at that mag- magnitude at, for every government school. Mm-hmm. And also we brought back the national championships. And before you would have, uh, for the basketball and softball, you'll just have one championship and one island, whether it's Provo or Grand Turk. But we said, no, you know, uh, the school children, the fans, they want to see it. So let's have like a almost tournament that each island would get a couple of games. So we changed it, me, you know, along with the team. That's something that we put in, that now you'll have a couple of games of the basketball in Grand Turk, South Caicos, North Caicos. North Caicos never saw that action before. So all those things I changed. Uh, given the sports policy, given the athletes their grants, you know, professional athletes are, you know, uh, people who performing professionally, they can get some kind of grants from the government to help with their nutrition, their training, and so. And that is something that we want to continue increasing. Uh, putting the lights on all the parks, you know, dust to dawn lights. Right. Uh, redoing all the stadiums, all the basketball courts. Uh, so there, there was a number of things that we did in terms of sports. Just about everything that you see, you know, now the high performance sports center buying back uh, the national stadium. The national stadium was called a national stadium, but it was owned, but it was owned it was by on lease. Yeah. yes, mm-hmm. by others. Probably. So we bought that, you know. So that is the people's stadium, and we did that. A lot of stuff. Like yes, and we did that after two hurricanes, where we had to repair the whole country, mm-hmm. and people tend to forget that. Alma and Maria destroyed the whole country, two category four or five in the same week. And we had to do all those repairs when we were doing that. So we had one year, one year of calm uh, from 1919 to 1920. And then 2020, you know, it was... uh, 2019, you mean? Yes, yes, sorry. 2019. Don't go back that long. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, 1919, 1920. That's that's the Spanish flu area. So that, (laughs) yeah, that's why that that 
I that got time you. was in I my head. Yeah, yeah, 2019, 2020 was the COVID-19. Yes, I you understand. Yes, yeah, so we had uh, just a few months uh, to repair. And once we repaired from the hurricanes, we had uh, that disaster. And, you know, we had to do everything uh, from develop the infrastructure here, doctors, oxygen, testing, uh, meetings all day, every day for cabinet, you know. Uh, during that time, we would start meetings at about 6 o'clock in the morning and finish cabinet at 9 o'clock in the night, yeah. you know, updating. And every time in the meeting, meetings that we finish early, 10, 12, I would have to break. The, okay, Honorable, we will release you, go and do your press conference, answer, talk to the people, then come back in meetings, you know. Uh, but isn't it, I mean, go ahead. to everybody listening out here, and, you know, I've been, mm-hmm. I'm three years older than you. And everybody listening to you and listening to the government. But isn't everything about timing, though? I mean, if uh, the Rufus Join government had won the election, don't you think they would also have done the same thing that you did um, in, um, during your tenure? Isn't everything more or less about timing? It's, it's not just timing. It's decisions made in that timing. Uh, for instance... Uh, persons who work football, watch football, uh, on a fourth and one, fourth down, and you need one yard. You can either say, I'm going to go for it. The coach can say, I'm going to go for it, or I'm going to kick the field goal. So it's all about decisions being made in that time. Yeah, the time will present itself. But right. then you have to need to have a leader to say, we're going to do this or we're going to do that in a, in a specific time. So even though you might say that if uh, the Rufus Ewing administration was there, they would have done the same thing. That's just I beg to differ. Giving, yeah? yeah, I mean, I beg to differ, you know, okay. because they can make them other decisions that we wouldn't have made. They might have said, no, we're not going to go through the arbitration now. You know, not saying that they would. Well, I take know that's working on that because my company, HLB, we had won the bid to, to do the reconciliations. Um, and I know that was the next step for them to proceed. Okay. Then the next step, yes, yeah, same way, you know, but, you know, a, a lot of things could have happened in making that decision and yeah. when to proceed. Yeah. Because I think, I think both of you, to be fair, I think both, both political parties are not, are not happy with the contract. I yes. Mean, I, I, think, I don't think anybody is, is happy with um, the, a contract with Intel Canada, any, any government. I think we want to try and see how they can get out of it. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Yes, and and uh, but the thing is, some make it known and some do not make it known. You know, I'm right, publicly right. saying this is some disagreement and I'm going to get right. to the bottom of it and right. I'm going to do all I can to get out of it yes. or walk around it. Yes. And one of the ways I was trying to walk around it was to bring back all the community clinics. That's uh, a very back, good idea. Yeah, back down Duncan Ailey and Grand Turk, you know, mm-hmm. you know, put all the community the clinics back in the community. Five right. keys need to have a community clinic. Mm-hmm. I you agree. Know? We, we talk about disease prevention, and that is the next thing that, again, differ me from this government. You might say that, oh, if I was here now, I would be doing the same thing, you know, but mm-hmm. I would more focus on disease prevention, you know. And uh, that is the key, Honorable. Yes. You're absolutely right. That is the key. Yes. We need to, we need to step in to prevention so yes. it wouldn't get out of hand out yes. of control. All yes. the detection, all the clinics, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. you could go Tuesday, you know, every Tuesday, I could go to my clinic in Five Keys and get my pressure checked, my depression, my diabetes and clinic, uh, all these clinics at every, at this date. Wednesday, these people coming in. Thursday, yeah. this next group of people coming in, you know, and you need mm-hmm. all the detection, constant screening of our people, 
you know so very, very good idea you know so i we i need to educate the public as well so they yes. can come to the clinic yes you might have the clinic and nobody coming yes we need to we need to do a lot of public education so people can understand you know the importance yes of these diseases and and so they could prevent themselves from getting it you know yes or even if they have it they could try and try and prevent yes yeah, see how they it, what you know? they can do to manage yeah. it better and but i like the community clinic yes and i always felt the model ruby clinic should have Yes, still remain open. <laughs> oh yes, I, I, I always felt that. Oh yes, know. oh yes. You know, it, I, it was heartbreaking to, for me also. And mm -hmm. even during my time, I was hoping that we can get it back. But with uh -huh. the with the courts just continuing to go on, we couldn't uproot them. They spent so much money retrofitting it. Yes, mm -hmm. and I wanted to get that building back. And hopefully, after the cases or so, right. you know, it might be costly, but I do believe we need to put that clinic back there. You I know, think so too. I'm right hoping. next to the hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so there was a number of things that I had accomplished. Even uh, here in my constituency, you see the parade grants, uh, the roads, the lights, all, mm -hmm. all those things that a government, normal government, should do. Yes. You know, uh, the yes. indoor uh, facility that is being built in Grand Turk. Uh, you know, that was on the books. We had some ideas with that, you know. A lot Some of, of gentlemen yes, a lot of gentlemen who work with the youth department again had to put forward a lot of ideas, but it was never taken that far. So I took that and ran with it. Uh, the design is a little different and they keep on coming back. We got to change this, change that. And yeah. we finally got it out. We finally got it out during COVID-19. You know, even though we were distracted, we got the tender out. The tender was awarded, but construction never took place, started until after elections. Okay. You know, so... Okay. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that we, you know, yeah. continue to do. And, right, right. And what I have learned, Brother Seaman, is, you know, there, there are ways of doing things, you know. And I always believe that if you close the front door, maybe I can get in through a window. Maybe the back door can open, you know. I can mm -hmm. knock in this way. So, you, you know, that... ways to get in. Yes, this is what I learned during my time. Even know. even with the issues you, you had in cabinet with the with the prior governor, with, but that was not easy, though. No, I'm not talking about Dakin. I'm no, not it was it was very difficult because so that, that part is it, yes, it's, it's challenging. It seems to me it depends on on um, the personality. Yeah, personality, and it shouldn't be that way. You know no. what I mean? No, I it think governors should work with the elected government. Yes, and and even so, uh, I don't know if I can get in trouble saying that how we used to sit on is everybody from TCIG and FCO on one side of the table. And every all the elected ministers on the other side. I so, remember the governor saying he changed the seating. Yes, I remember that. Yes, and Dakin mm -hmm. came in and changed the seating, yeah, saying no, like you versus us. Yeah, yeah, take away that because even the aesthetics of it, you could have seen that it was damn versus us. Yeah, you know, and we had this thing consensus. Yeah. So if I wanted to say, okay, I want to flip, uh, spray down in five keys for the for mosquitoes, mm -hmm. and then in uh, cabinet. Uh, others say no. We want to spray up uh, Grace Bay, and I be saying no. Five keys needed. These people are suffering every night, and they say no. Grace Bay, it's going to be okay. Well, there's no sense consensus, so nothing. Move on, you know, which I think is wrong. Yeah. Even, Speaking about consensus, explain yeah. to the the viewers what consensus means. <laughs> my understanding, brother. I mean, Sam, based on your experience, actually, yes. while you in cabinet. Uh, my understand. Okay, based on my experience from cabinet. Consensus yes. mean that everybody sh should be in agreement with it. Ah, that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> yes. But I don't think that's how it should be. No, no. You know, <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. Because if, if our people in five keys are screaming, mosquitoes biting them every night and we want to go down there, 
it shouldn't be that because uh, others have a different opinion in cabinet that we should be spraying somewhere up in, you know, the Great Space Strip, you know, uh, you know, and then because uh, it's a different opinion, nothing happens. There's no consensus. And I saw so, that so happen with projects also. So, if one person disagrees, yes. what happens? Yes. If one person disagrees, it's no consensus. And wow. I saw that. I, I don't see how y'all can work with that. Yeah. I, I, I can't work like that. That's why I know politician. <laughs> I, I can't work in, a, in an organization where everybody has to agree. Because everybody's not going to agree. Never. I think the majority should win. Yes, it, it should be. And that's why persons And the majority asking, should be the elected people. Yes, because you're saying that, look, yeah, this is what the people put me here to do. You know, uh, the people in Middle Caicos, they want this development. They want the Ritz-Carlton or they want uh, Marguerite Real, whoever, you know. And then the cabinet, no, no, we're not going to put nothing like that in, in uh, North Middle Caicos. And you can be saying, well, but the people in Middle Caicos, this is what they tell me they want. I go, we can go and have town hall meetings. You will see this is what they say they want. But that's because you promised them. Yep. But if other people, no, 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 we don't think wow. that's right for Middle Caicos. We so want to remain this. So how do you plan to change that if you become the premier in 2025? That is, that is where we're pushing for a lot of constitutional changes now. Uh, that, you know, members, you know, Southern so members. Yes. The constitutional changes will exclude the, will allow the premier to be the, the president? That, that, the is what, that is what I'm pushing for. That is what I'm pushing for. You or, or both political well, parties? I'm, I'm trying to get buy-in from, <laughs> from uh, the, the others, the premier. Uh, most okay. things, a lot of things we agree on and certain things we do not agree on right okay. away. Uh, I believe, you know, Brother Seema, I strongly believe that the constitution that Bermuda have should be the rule instead of the exception for the overseas territories. I agree. Yeah, they're saying, okay, we, we're not going to give nobody else what Bermuda have, that full internal self-government, that kind of setup. Unless we, unless we agree to uh, yes. the date for independence. Yes, Is the date for independence. Saying? And I believe that that shouldn't be so. I mean, we're talking about decolonization and all that stuff and the rights of people, you know, and they, they, the UK is big on that, but you know, you're telling us that we cannot get what Bermuda have unless we set a date. You know what Bermuda have should be the norm. You should give that mm -hmm. to all the overseas territories. Mm -hmm. you know? tell, for the people who are listening, tell, tell us what Bermuda has. Yeah, Bermuda have uh, what we always talk about, full internal self-government, you uh -huh. know, where the governor, the governor doesn't chair's cabinet. You know, they make pretty much make all their own decisions. It's almost like quasi-independence. It's almost right. like having independence without being independent mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's like if you're living in your parents house but you're in the back backyard where you have access to the outside you can make your own decisions you make your own decisions pay your own bills doing everything you can decide who come there who sleep over and everything because you're in the uh guest house but you're still on your parents property mm. you know so you almost have the best of both worlds mm -hmm. you know uh that and, that's I mean, make in the it uk simple. should know better because that's yes. probably one of the reasons why they even had the bricks at. We don't know. I'm just saying, you know, they won't have their own way probably. Exactly. But, you know. Uh, Brother Seema, I agree with you. I keep on my friends from the UK. I say the same thing that Joel was fighting for during Brexit. That is similar to what we in the Turks and Caicos Islands and other overseas territories want. And it's know? not like we're getting any financial, <laughs> I mean, assistance or aid from the UK. Not at all. Not you know, at I mean, all. They, they, they have... I know they have the contingent liability and the guarantees, but but we, for the past what more than twenty some years or thirty years, exactly. we've been carrying our, our our own load. Our own load, 
And, and the thing is, uh, we depend on them for security. And we all can say right now, and, you know, maybe the governor and her team will disagree with this, but when it comes to securing our borders, the one thing that, you know, they're supposed to be looking out for, we can see that they're not doing a good job exactly. at that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, and we as... Uh, politicians as local representatives, we need to step up to the plate and say, okay, you're not doing this. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it from now on. This is the forces that we need. This is the manpower. This is the equipment that we're going to get to lock down our borders, you know, Mm -hmm. and try and prevent as much as we can from any uh, boats breaking that barrier. Yeah. I mean, they'll still come, but at least you can intercept them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. you, and I think you mentioned, or at least I saw a press statement somewhere, where you say that'll be one of the first cabinet papers you will you yes. will put to cabinet should you yeah. become the next governor. Yes. The, I mean, the border committee. What was something that? Yes, yes, because uh, we we shouldn't be dancing around. And any administration that I'm a part of, I want us to get straight to work because certain things we have to do right away for our people and show that we mean the business. You know, forget all the niceties and all that. Your first, second cabinet just going through the motions. You know, we need to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. And that policy, uh, in my last press conference, I gave out a lot. And people, some of my team was criticizing me, saying, Honorable, you're giving out all all your stuff. You know, now they can take it and run with it. I was like, no, no, that's okay, you know, because these things need to happen. There's more that I can add to it, you know, that I want to add to it. But I have all this written down and documentation. Uh, Likewise, uh, Brother Seema. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. our focus should be on our country, yes, and not, and not. Really? I mean, because, political party or yes. who I did was. At the end of the day, it, country should come first. Yes, and yes. we need to work together. Yes. If you have an idea, and the government of the day hears it, and they like it, they should run with it. Yes, I, I, I mean, of course, they so. can say, you know, give you credit for it, but that shouldn't be. It shouldn't be about that. It should yes. be about what. It's best for the country. How can we reduce these things from happening? Yes. And so you, you did the right thing. You, you have the right approach. Yes, because uh, certain things like crime and uh, the immigration issue, you know, you, you, you have to put that out there because we want a country to govern. You know, we, you don't want the country to be so much in disarray. So you want them to be, help them to do certain things now. And crime and the immigration situation cannot wait and tell a potential, you know, I get there, you know, of course. But, you know, you crime is a, is a situation that is very sensitive because I remember um, you guys had campaigned on crime. The 10-point point, you, the you, ten you point a, plan. No, you had a 12-point plan. 12, uh, sorry, the 12-point plan. And then, and then at the end of the day, your government said that crime is spiritual. And so we have to be very, very careful I mean, both political parties, and I mentioned in my article, um, use, we shouldn't campaign on crime. No. Because of, because of the causes of crime. There's so many factors. We have these social factors. Yes. We have people in this country who come in illegally. We have people who, who are unemployed. We got people who don't have a job, don't have status. And because they're so desperate for money, they're doing anything that involves committing crime. And that's something, even though the government can have policies in place, but that's something is be is even beyond is beyond your control. Yes, and and so you know my approach because again you know I was a part of a government who had a twelve point plan, 
And a lot of those points we accomplish with equipment, manpower, a lot of those things we can take off and say we accomplish. And crime is still there. So you have to go back crime to, is still there. to the drawing board and say, well, mm-hmm. we have to get to the roots. And the main thing is uh, when you get to the root of the crime, uh, it's going to take a longer time. It and, will. and that is where I want to focus on a lot of the, the root attention, process. the root, the social, economical, mm-hmm. uh, the social background of these these individuals, preventing them because once they pick up a gun, it's too late. So we got to prevent Absolutely. them from ever reaching a point where they want to pick up a gun, you know, okay. or a person who you. want to do things dishonest. Because as much as there are the violent crime, there's a lot of white collar crime that takes place in the Turks and Caicos Islands too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So we we need to get. To the bottom of all that, you know, we yeah. have people in offices uh, committing crime all day and every day. Uh, uh-huh. People stealing. They're uh-huh. not holding up someone and stealing, but they're stealing from people accounts or mm-hmm. stealing from what people should be getting to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to get at the roots of the root of the crime. You know, so all the social background of these young men, uh, single parent, uh, yeah. poverty. So I want to focus on those grassroots issues. Gotcha. Yes, we're going to put all the things in place to deal with. Uh, what is happening now in response to what is happening now, but we have to go in deeper, and that is where I want to put a lot of my focus okay. on the, the youth and Address stopping the, them the from... Social and the youth yes, okay. and stopping yeah. I mean, from all people. All you can do, Honorable, is try. Yes. Because yes. I know in the Bahamas, there's the same situation. All the cities in America, it's like it's, like it's a global crisis happening with crime. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, and I, but I think we're small enough and we know an example. Yeah, and we know our community good enough that we can say, hey, look. Uh, uh, I know this, we know our community good enough. Animal, yeah, this, we don't know who's who in this place anymore. Yeah, but we, we can say we have neighbors who can say those two children over there didn't go to school. I haven't seen them going to school. Or the oh, teachers can say, uh, well, we haven't seen uh, Johnny and Susie in school for the last uh, two weeks. You know, uh, They come to school, but they're not attending the classes. Uh, parents, uh, neighbors can say, well, these kids be out all day, all night. Something's wrong. They're only 10 years old, and 2 o'clock in the night when I was coming home, I saw them outside. So you, you need to get into communities, and that's what I'm saying. We're small enough where we can do that. We may not know the persons, but we know these kids outside yeah. all night or hanging around with this crew or hanging these guys, these young guys, just sitting down on the wall. They need something to do. So we got to go and find out what you all want to do, which kind of employment, you know, why you all so idle. You know, we, we always, we know the devil finds work for idle hands. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. We are small enough where we can get in our communities and deal with these issues at the grassroots level. Good. I mean, we definitely have to attack the root cause issue. Because, I mean, I interviewed this um, former criminal, and he had an opportunity to work. But he said that was not, work was not an option. They didn't want to work. Yes. They didn't want to work. They, they, um, they were interested in... Um, um, just stealing from people. They they they're not interested. Yes, yes. So so you see those kind of persons. You you need all other help, other interventions. So when right. you get so, people like that, you mm-hmm. you would get them. You offer them the work, but we'll you'll also give them mm-hmm. other mental help. You know, right. they have to go farther with those persons. So you can't just go and approach them and offer them a job. You need to give them counseling or so. You know, and you got to know how to cancel those yeah. persons. You can't use the same traditional way that you'll come and bring you or I into the office and tell us yeah. lay down on the sofa. Well, they do talk. have a department rehabilitation. Um, I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, I see that. Um, yes. it, of course, they're small and stuff. 
Um, but they, they're, they're trying. They're trying. Yes, and, and we have people. We have Turks and Caicos Islanders who specialize in this. Yeah. I know of uh, Earl Fulford, Mr. Earl Fulford. He, he works in the United States now doing the same thing, counseling people who are crime, depressed, and all that. And we have people out yeah, in the world who's doing these things. And everyone knows all for, for the former uh, social welfare, uh, youth department. You know, he's in the States doing that. And he has written programs and stuff, how to deal with uh, these troubled youth, how to counsel them. And we need to get those people back here in the Turks and Caicos Islands and let them work here, you know, yeah. because uh, they, they cannot provide yeah. their talents here. Uh, we don't give them the opportunity here. And they went to the States, and the United States accept them right away. What? Turks and Caicos Islands could afford to full, throw away this type of resource? Come on, come here and work for us. But we have to bring those people back in so we can deal with these issues. You know, we have well, professional... I mean, it can be a, can be a hard sell. I mean, some people went to U.S., and they don't want to. That's the choice some people made. It would be nice to have them back, but... Um, some people, you know, I'm very patriotic to Turks and Caicos. I'm not going to leave the Turks and Caicos Islands. But let's continue. Yes, but... You are the leader of the Yes, opposition. before we get... Oh, before you say that, uh, just one thing to say. Uh, and while we're talking on crime, not taking away uh, from the crime, I'm going to use a crime term, that uh, fictional crime term from, I think, Al Capone or Scarface. You say they always say you have to make them an offer they can't refuse. So if we want our people to come back, we mm-hmm. you make them a very good offer that they can't refuse. I and see. that's how we get them back. Okay. Yes. So you, you mentioned what you did, you know, as, on the ministerial, as Minister of Health. Now you're the leader. And, and you're asking people um, to vote for you. Yes. Um, you were rejected. Your party was rejected at the polls. Yes. Why should we give you, why should we elect you um, in your party again, since we already experienced part of you, um, 2016 to 2020, people rejected your party. Why should we give you another chance in 2025? Yes, uh, uh, as we know, as we all know, that the party is made up of individuals. Uh, the individuals have different visions and uh, roadmaps of doing things. Uh, you, you, you have to bring a different vision. And once you lose, or so just like any sports team, once you lose, you see what are your weaknesses and you improve on them and you bring in the talent that is needed to get you to where you want to be. And that is what we're doing. Uh, whatever changes, we made the changes. This is uh, not the party of 2016. Uh, even the individuals, uh, my whole mindset, my whole thinking has changed. You know, uh, we live and we learn, and we have done that. Uh, and nobody can, we, we brought you through the two hurricanes, so we did a good job at that. We brought you through COVID-19, so we did a good job at that. You know, so it wasn't all a failure, you know, but for some reason. But, at people, the end, but people say you didn't do, any, they didn't do yes. anything for the average, I mean, citizen. When you all did the... Um, the the um what was it the stipend the the stimulus the, the stimulus i mean it was for the hospitality industry y'all didn't y'all didn't do like what this government did where they where they give it to um the citizens well well there's there's two parts to that story and uh we i as you know a lot of citizens did get stimulus uh people did get 
uh, stimulus uh, from from us, not at that level. And the money was there. And I one part of the story is that if we had given that out just before elections, it would have seen be seen as we're trying to bribe people to vote for us. But they met the uh, nineteen million dollars sitting up there ready to give out. But it was in circles thought that if you have given that out, that it would have been look like you're bribing just before elections. Now there were some uh, thoughts that say, you know, regardless, the people need it, give it out, give it out now. And there was other thoughts, well, you can't because it's going to look like you're bribing. Uh, win the election and give the people uh, the stimulus. Uh, the government didn't come in and uh, went and find the money to give out. That money was sitting out up for the people. Yeah. And, well, it wasn't and, used. And, and, money was no, in no, use. No, no, of course. And that's what I'm saying. It was two thing reasons why, you know, it was one uh, train of thought which say give it out as soon as possible. Give it out right away. So you had some person saying that. And you have some person saying, well, you have to wait until after elections. And the... Uh, you know, the decision was made, you know, whether all agree or didn't agree with it to do it after elections. Now it cost mm-hmm. us. And right. you have to learn from your mistakes. Right. But, you know, that, that is what cost yeah. us. So during the COVID-19, uh, running of the COVID-19 crisis, pandemic, when the whole world was failing and we were succeeding, mm-hmm. when places like uh, K-Man just closed down their borders and didn't try to figure it out, we figured it out. So that is a government performance. When the whole Caribbean, around the Caribbean, was destroyed by Armand Maria, uh, we opened up real quick. We got the cruise ship open, and people were studying Turks and Caicos. How we opened up so fast? What did we do? We were the model. So you can't say that the government was a failure. We dropped the ball on, like a relay. Uh, you lead and straight through, and at the last baton change, you mess up or you run out your lane. And you right. get disqualified, and we got disqualified for running out of our lane, not doing what the people really wanted us to do, uh, give out the stimulus during just before elections. Mm-hmm. And we got disqualified, and we lost the elections. Lost but the that. government itself was performing. I see. Yes. But let me rephrase the question a different way. Mm-hmm. Why should we elect you, your government? Because this government can say, well, I... Um, I expended, like, I, I ain't no government. This government can say they expended the um, categories at the Invest TCI. Yes, we they did. They increased also. the grants. We did this government also. can say that they gave already three stimulus. Yes. This government can say that um, they um, write off the TOLCO 10 million. Mm-hmm. This government can say that um, they are working on revising. The immigration bill that they put in, that their party put in power in 2015, which I felt was always too generous, you guys came in power, didn't make much changes to that immigration ordinance. Now they're back, and they're making changes. They're working on the airport um, project. Um, they're working on the housing project. I saw in one of the newspapers four weeks ago that they plan to. Um, the pension is going to be based on three terms. So with this stuff, why should we vote this government out and put you in when they're doing some of these things? Yes, okay. Uh, I was trying to make a note of everything that w- that you, 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 you said there. Right. The, the, and by uh, the way, this is, don't take this anyway. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, on yes. the radio. I'm trying to be objective and, 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 and it's for trying debate. to ask questions that and people it's, and it's for debate. want to know. And it's yeah. for debate. You know I know yeah. that, uh, Brother Seema. It's for the mm-hmm. debate. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, Brother Seema, I think that 
uh, they're doing the right thing for all the wrong reasons, and they're doing it the wrong way. They're doing the right thing, doing it the wrong way, and for all the wrong reasons. Uh, the airport, where they just want to hand it over to a private company or so, uh, PPP and the private company have all, all, all the, the power. All the revenue, all the powers for Management. some 30, 40 years going into the future. We believe that is wrong. So they're doing the thing. Yeah, they're doing so the airport. So you wouldn't do PPP? Uh, and, and, if, and if you do a PPP, it have to be in the people's benefit. Yeah. I do think be, 30 years is too long. Yeah. I do think 30 years is It have to be where the people benefit. It's not, a, it's not a problem of having a partner, but it have to be where the people benefit. We see with the hospital deal. We see the people that is not benefiting, and you see how long we are tied to this hospital deal. So this current government have a history of doing bad deals for the Turks and Caicos Islands. Mm-hmm. So the airport deal is, is not... Is we dis we agree with it have to be done, but we disagree with how they're doing it. So they're so doing. You the, you'd have gotten a loan. You want to do PPP? It will be a combination. What I'll say, it will be a combination to get all the monies that no one party have dominance over the no government. No one have control. Yes, no one have control. And, you, more and you'd have government. opened it up where where locals could get shares too. It's a must. It's a must. Okay. Whether they want it or not, we know we may not generate the whole. Uh, money that we need from the local market, but you have to give them a chance to get in there and make money off this cash cow because we know we're going to make money off the airport. So if somebody want to put in $500, I mean, you put in $500, you know. So that is one of the things. But then uh, your party also did that at one point where the airport was, was outsourced to someone, a company previously, and then when Mike Mizzy came in power, he bought it back. Okay, well, uh, that's, that's probably some time when I was in school, still in college, doing my master's. So I'll have to research that one. Yeah, and, it was, it was talk managed about that. and owned by, yeah. Yes, but I, I want I to be beaten with my I own think the stick. government paid $30 million to take it back. Yes, because if I start beating uh, this current PNP administration with all the former PNP administration sticks, they'll be getting a lot of beating. So yeah. beat me with my own stick. So all I right, don't know. So just compare with the previous. Yes, just, and, your 2016, you're yes, saying? Yes, yes, 16 okay. and what I'm saying now, you know. Uh, also, okay, uh, the airport, the housing policy, the housing policy, they made a mockery of it. It's not targeting what it should be targeting, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, even with the investment part, you see they have it opened up to foreign companies or so if you want to come in, uh, you need a TI partner whatever to do the housing. And you have to be able to do five units or more on, in order to get... Uh, the the concession for long yeah. term, long t- for apartments. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. So again, how much of our people can say right now, tomorrow they're going to do five units or more? You know, uh, yeah, so, I, I don't agree with that one. Yes. I, I do think it should be. Yeah. Um, and I wrote an article on it. I yes. do think that the apartments, they, they, once they have the property, and the, yes. the bank will be able to help them. Yes. But I, I do think it should be reserved for Turks and Caicos Islands only. Yes, yes. So for the apartments say, with the five units or more. Yeah. So you see, you re, they can break about the housing policy and stuff, but I can. It's going the wrong way. It isn't mm-hmm. touching our people. Uh, a single parent who's working for government making two thousand five hundred, three thousand. It's where is where is that for them? You know, a married couple who living in apartments, you know, can't find a place to live. Where where's the housing policy? So you know, it isn't touching. It isn't touching what it should be touching. Yeah, it looks nice. And I have to say, uh, during my time, I do a lot of research on the U.K. housing policy, on mm-hmm. Jamaica housing policy, housing policies, and uh, the place, uh, Singapore. You know, mm-hmm. they're social housing and stuff. So I have yeah, all this Singapore downloaded. Nice I have all this downloaded on my computer to compare and contrast 
all these different housing policies from around the world, countries similar and bigger, and our mother country, the UK, what they're doing. And our housing policy is a joke. It is a joke, and that is something that I want our government to be known on. The PDM government will be the PDM government of housing. You know, okay. we will put people in houses. This isn't putting, they, their policy isn't putting people in houses. So you know? what would you, what, if you were in power, what would you have done? You would have built the homes on the government land and then, like what the Bahamas does? You have to look at, that That need to be one of them. And that is okay. one of them I have in my manifesto. So, you know, which my people is going to say, Honorable, you always giving out everything. But you, you you have to build the homes and you have to need to have different criteria, different types of homes for different I mean, I do like the, the duty exemption, though, with the five units or more. Yes, but it should but be local. But it shouldn't only, it should not be my, me. My government would not limit it to five units. If, one, if a Turks and Kikis Island, Islander want to do a unit, want to do something in their home, in their yard, you know, just put up a nice unit there. Why they can't they get to the exemptions? And a lot of our people could afford to put up one unit, one or two units, and they're on their property. So you say there should be no minimum? No, no minimum. If you're That's a Turks right. and Caicos Islander and you want to put increase the housing market, put up units, you should get this. Why should it be limited to foreigners, uh, foreign companies coming in with millions of dollars? No, it's not limited. It's open. I mean, why should it be mm-hmm. open to foreign companies coming in with millions of dollars? Mm-hmm. You know? But what about our people? There are people, mm-hmm. anybody making a I good salary. I want the salary. same picture with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. anybody making a good salary could put up a unit in the yard. So why can't they get those exemptions? That's, that's what I'm saying. And that is the difference between us and them. You know, they mm-hmm. do a lot of the things, but they do it the wrong way and for the wrong reasons. Uh, something else you mentioned, uh, the airport. You talked about that already. The housing, you said we the airport. You talked about the expansion of the grounds. And, and yes, the, yes, we and, did. And it. I know you had called in one day, yes. and you said if you were, you were in power, your minimum would be $100,000. Yes, yes. You still think you, you still would do that? Yes, I Even I though do the believe. budget... No, well, so we, you'll have to increase your budget because the yes. budget is rate seven hundred thousand a year. Yes. It used to be a million, but now yes. it's seven hundred. You, you will have to increase that. You have I to see. increase that. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars. You cannot get a company starting. You know, you have all the checks and balances. Well, the government doesn't have to do everything, the honorable. It's hmm? not the it, the government shouldn't have to be doing everything no, for you. The, the government, the government will provide assistance to start up for you to give to give you. you we have to take responsibility as well. And yes, doing the part for yes, ourselves sir. as well. Yes, sir. People will have to take responsibility, but at least give them something that they can have something to take responsibility for. You know, yeah, I, but I, I, I had Invest DCI on the show, and, and they have increased their months um, depending on the, the business type. You know, you got the micro, the small. Um, they can even get up to 150000 depending on the category of your business as well. So yes. they have increased yes, their months. Again, like I said, you know, is doing it the wrong way and for the wrong reasons, you know, and they're mm-hmm. doing it the wrong way, and I have to go farther, and you have to need to have the checks and balances in place. And like I say, before I speak, I say I will look at it and see, well, what is the U.K. doing in terms of small business? Which kind of grants they give their people? What is Jamaica doing? What is Bahamas doing? What is Singapore doing? You know, what, what is the Maldives doing? So I go and research these before I go and talk and say, well, what are we doing here in Turks and Caicos Islands? Man, this is a joke too. What other countries are doing for their people, you know? So well, the Bahamas, the Bahamas has something similar. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They they have their small business unit, and you know we can. You know, it's easy to research. It's very easy. And, and they're giving out much more, more grants, more than what we are giving okay. out. Uh, the UK giving out more than what we're giving out. All 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 these well, you countries. Can, well, you have to. 
also compare the budget size as well. I mean, the population, the budget. Yes. Um, you also have to do that. You can't just look at the numbers by itself, too. Of course, you know that. Yes. So if we look at uh, $425 million, uh, to spread for how much belongings how much belongings we have here 15,000 10, yeah mm-hmm. so so you look at it how, how you can spread it. if you do the match you see we can we should be doing more for our people if you do uh, you know Turks and Caicos Islanders versus the budget Bahamians versus their budget Americans versus their budget the amount of Americans versus, versus their budget you can see that there's a lot of room here for Turks and Caicos Islands to do more for citizen. I see. Yes, and, and so those things, you, you have to increase. Uh, there was the next one you mentioned that you say the, the government can say they're doing. Okay, uh, the telco. Yeah, you mm-hmm. mentioned the telco uh, mm-hmm. uh, loans. They were writing off. Okay, what we did, uh, my former, the former administration that I was a part of, we bought back the telco loans from the company and yes. put it back in the government hands. Yes. And then in two, 2020, we wrote off 8.1% five million dollars of the interest mm-hmm. yes so so we we did a lot for them 8.15 so right, right right everything off like how they did this well well you you need the case you cannot just say okay we're going to write off and uh the persons now you don't have to pay you you said it yourself that people mm-hmm. need to have a skin in the game and you mm-hmm. need to have evidence to say even though we write off these loans now evidence show that certain people yeah. still cannot pay yeah. so now you can justify Writing off the people's money because so remember you support, you support the right. I didn't listen to the House of Assembly. Did all of you all support the the, the bill? To yes, write it off? yes, all of all us right. support the bill. Okay, but there's this there's, there's a caveat here, right? Uh, during our time when we did it, we needed the evidence to show that with the write off now people can't pay because we're forgoing the people's money, your money, my money, our children's money, yeah, of course, our people. Of course. So it is the people's money that we're writing off and saying we're not going to collect the people's money. Mm-hmm. So before we do that, we had to come back to the people and say, look here, uh, these persons couldn't pay their bills, still cannot pay their mortgage, so it doesn't make sense we're going forward. But we needed the evidence. We knew they could, so we write off the interest for us in 2020. Yeah. Uh, so we needed the evidence. And this government wrote off interest as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And 2023, uh, they wrote off interest early this year of mm-hmm. 1.8, $1,866,000. They wrote off that in 2023, mm-hmm. and now they have the body of work, and they probably feel that uh, the persons cannot pay. But the thing is, we want to know, okay, is it that all these people cannot pay? Nobody have any problem writing off for the widow, uh, the old lady who cannot pay, who's no longer work- working, the retired uh, gentleman who's not working and only get $1,000 a month. Well, we know they cannot pay. But we want to make sure that we are targeting the people that need to be targeted and not people owning businesses or so, you know, and we're writing off uh, their debt, Who people who are making money, who are currently making money. So you and, would have had a criteria saying yes. they must be making a certain salary if you're right. Yes, you have would have to be, because it? it's the people's money. Rather it, than it's writing everything money. off. Yes, you should, because it shouldn't, it shouldn't be for but businesses. But you agreed to write everything off in the house, though. Yes, yes, I agree with it, because uh, we, we couldn't fight it. So, okay, I agree with going forward. But I then see. let the people know what is, what is being written off. And the government, it's their responsibility to come and say, well, we're just writing off for these people, the civil servants, uh, the people who are on retirement, but people who have businesses and their businesses are still making money. 
or people who have apartments and they're making money or so uh, you, you're making money, you can pay the people back their money. So we don't know if we can write off the principal for you or so. So it should be some analysis of it. You know, but nobody is against uh, those widows, those elderly people, uh, civil servants who struggle. Sometimes those, sometimes, I know, I understand what you're saying, yes. but sometimes we make a lot of assumptions because I have apartments, because I'm the CEO, that I could afford some things. And sometimes it's not that case. Mm -hmm. I, when I became the CEO, I end up having more bills. I end up having more some of us are still living from paycheck, so we cannot make those assumptions sometimes. So you, yes, you know, so not because even some people who are widows or they might be in a better position than I am in. They might not have any mortgage, so we have to be also careful how we. Yes. I hear what you're saying, and, um, and that's why that's why yeah. you need. But to, to seem to me like the government thought it was easier that they write everybody off rather than saying you have to be making a certain income because. It looks like it was not being paid. Looks like it was not going down. Yeah, but if if you it's one thing to not pay, and then the next thing that you cannot pay, and that's what they should have done and look at. You know, people who really and truly struggling to pay, struggling to make ends meet. By the time they pay, that's all their salary gone, their quality of life. You know, so it only takes a couple of minutes. And we have, and it's not like the minister or the premier have to go and do that themselves. They have a whole department, a whole ministry to get this information to them. So there's no excuse of not presenting that information, you know, to the house. Well, they should have the information. Yes. Because they had to know, they had to have the information to know the amount that they're writing off. Yes. And, yeah, and they the, should and, have. And their type of uh, business, whether it's a business or whether it's someone personal home or so. Or so you have to do or something. Yes. So, so you have to know how you're using the people's money. You right. know, you cannot just say, okay, we're going to write off uh, how is this and the best benefit of our people. And you're going to see it. And the thing is, many people in the Turks and Caicos Islands are struggling with mortgage now. And A lot of people are. What, what, what help are you doing I am, there? too, because my, my rate went up significantly. Yes. I ended up going back to the bank, and I was able to get them moved from variable to fix for me because it, it went up by more than 2000 a month. Yes. And, and so what, what are we doing for those people? And the premier came back, oh, well, we can't pay people mortgage. No, we're not saying you have to pay people mortgage, but it should be something to assist. And again, if you go on the UK page or so, you'll see how they do to assist people with mortgage. You know, it's so very it sounds clear. like you will plan, it sounds to me, if you were in power, are you saying you're going to assist people with their mortgage payments? What? No, I didn't say assist people with their mortgage payments. We'll give them something, some kind of benefit that will help them, you know, so with that, because if we're doing now, we said in president that this 176 people, they don't, they had help with the interest, and now we're writing the off. government's control. Yes, because the government, you guys bought yes. it back. But you have all other people who vote for you too. So you're saying yes. While we're doing this one for this son, we have to do this for the next son. You know, we we have to do this. We cannot just so say we're doing this very, for this one. Any government power, you have to be very very yes careful. Yeah. I don't think you guys have to be very, very careful as a government not giving everything for free because it's a cost. Yes. Either you can have to increase some sort of taxes because eventually you're going to have to try recover the revenue if you keep 
giving everything for free. No, it's again, you can give them benefits. It's not okay. giving everything for free, but as citizens of the country, there are certain benefits that you can get. And if you look at other citizens of other countries, they're getting these benefits and these options, and we're not giving so it to our people. So why you didn't do these things when you were when you were the minister? Because I'm uh, minister of health. That that didn't come out of, under my portfolio. I can well, have a good idea. You're part of the cabinet. Yes. Yes. You're part of the cabinet. Yes. You're part of the executive. And, and and like I said, I remember we start part of cabinet. I need to get some. 12 or 14 other people to agree with me. And we know when we talk about consensus and everything. Everybody has to agree. Everybody has to agree to do it at that specific time. Let's so, talk about dialysis before our time is in. Because yes. I, I, I saw on one PDM um, link um, where you all say the government can't, they, pay, they can pay for Christmas parties, but they can't pay for dialysis. I saw that on the PDM on yes. Facebook. Yes, yes, okay. Um, explain that to me. I'm on dialysis. I want to hear your point no, of view. No, uh, a few weeks ago, you, you heard a lot of people where they were showing that uh, now the TCIG and IHC is in dispute about giving snacks and stuff to the dialysis patients, you know, and the TCIG questioning whether it should be a part of the bill that IHC is included, and there's a dispute, and IHC getting upset and saying, well, we're not going to give them any food anymore. You know, that is how it was out in the public domain. You being inside, you might have to hook up where you get all your food and stuff. So, you know, this is what was in the public domain. Uh, so what we are saying that it should never come to this. It should have never come to this. You have to find the money. You know, if this is an extra cost, you just ensure that, yes, this is a, they are giving the people the food and this is what we're going to pay. It shouldn't be no issue. You know, it should be straight up, okay? The well, people need food and the people need their snacks. If you're saying this is what it, what it is and if we can verify it, then we will pay it, pay for well, it. Well, I mean, first of all, um, we, we got a letter. I want you to hear me. We got yes. a letter from signed by the CEO saying that the government has advised um, more or less that um, the grits and fish and the sandwiches, whatever we got, that's what we're getting, um, were um, due to arbitration um, that the, it's not, it's not um, clinical costs. And be honest with you, it's not clinical costs. But, the but, meals that we got are not part of clinical but, costs. But, like if you spend the night in the hospital, that's clinical costs. <laughs> and so they decided that the government at that time say, even though the government said they were not aware of the letter, that they issued to us, somebody had to tell Intel Canada that, which I find very, very surprising. Somebody had to tell Intel Canada that they will discontinue that. I don't think Intel Canada is just going to stop without something from the government, but the government said they were not aware. And so um, I see a lot of people on social media talking about it. I mean, some people don't eat the food. Some, um, some people eat it, like me, because they give it to me. But um, it's not part of of, of um, clinical costs. And it started many years ago, apparently, when there was no dialysis center in Provo. And people were going to Grand Turk. And so the government was feeding them. And then when they opened the dialysis center in Provo, um, they continued. Now, the minister has done a press conference saying that they will provide some sort of stipend to um, um, the patients. Now, a lot of people say, well, Drexel, you don't need... To me personally, it doesn't matter to me. And a lot of the patients that is on my shift 
is not an issue to them. The public who's not on dialysis seems to make it an issue. And to me, it looks like it's also political. No, I, I don't think it's political. It's more social. Uh, we just have to give our opinion on it, on it, but it's nothing generated from us. You know, these are social issues that reach to us. And we, as uh, the opposition and as a political party, we must give our opinion on things that is happening in the country. There's unlike, nothing wrong with that. No, unlike, unlike the government, they seem to not want to give an opinion on anything. But we, <laughs> we, we have to give an opinion and our take on things, on issues, whether people agree or disagree with us. And not because uh, people are okay with getting, uh, not getting their food or so means that it's a right. You know, there's a lot of things that we accept but that, it doesn't make it make it do right. You, uh, do you think the, the meals are considered clinical costs? If you can feed patients in the hospital, you know, and you part, consider that part of cl- clinical cost, course, I would accept that you can do the same thing for the dialysis patients who have to be there, what, I eight, see. ten hours or so? Uh, and I look no, at four it as... Hours, four uh, hours. Four hours. Uh, some people do three, some people do three and a half, but most people do four. So you do four hours, you're in and out the whole procedure. Yeah, the average is four hours. Yes. Some people do three, some, but most people do are there for four hours, okay, three times and, a week. And that, does that pass across the lunch or the supper time or so? When, whatever shift you're on, you, you were getting fat. Okay. You go on the morning shift, you get breakfast. If you go on the um, um, 11 o'clock shift, you get your lunch, your chicken. You go on the evening shift, you, you get your chicken and rice. Yes. And, and what, what is the, I don't see why that should be discontinued. But I will tell you this. Yeah. I will tell you this. We eat it because they give it to us. But international standards do not even just suggest that dialysis patients not even be eating heavy meals during dialysis. If you speak to any of our nurses that are there on the shift from the different countries, Philippines, Jamaica, they've never seen where... Um, Patients come in and are getting feed, like how we got fed here. Yes, well, there you go, uh, Brother Seema. I mean, it is a non-issue. If the patients and the uh, medical staff saying, well, you all shouldn't eat this type of food, then just change the food. But what we're saying, whatever it is, we will make sure the patients are not at a disadvantage. You know, whatever, even if it's just fruits, let the pe- patients have their fruits. That is what we're saying, whatever well, it we'll is. We'll bring our own stuff. We'll yes, bring our own well, things. Whether you, because we have to eat. On Tuesday, I go Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So I have to find my breakfast Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So I'll eat my own stuff. Yes. It's just like the patient at the hospital saying, look here, my wife cooks every day so she can bring my food. Yes, if we you understand. spend the night in the hospital, that's a different, that's a different yes. scenario. Yes, I, I'm just using it to simplify yeah. uh, the example. But even though you can bring your own stuff, uh, if you, you're at the, the, uh, the dialysis, if you need some fruits, give the people the fruits, and they shouldn't have to pay, pay for that. It shouldn't be a non-issue. That's what I'm saying. There's much to you. do about nothing. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, whether it's a heavy meal, But the arbitration meal. that you say you started, yes. they're the ones that advise the government. They, wait a minute, y'all shouldn't be paying this. Yes, they, they can advise. The, uh, keyword, mm-hmm. keyword there. You mm-hmm. see, again... I always tell you is what decisions people make. Yeah. Keyword mm-hmm. is they shouldn't mm-hmm. be playing, paying this. If I was Minister of Health, I would say, yeah, okay, we shouldn't be paying this, but we are going to pay it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I hear your advice that we shouldn't be paying this for our people on dialysis, but guess what? We are going to pay it for our people on dialysis. Got so it. thank you for your advice, but mm-hmm. we're going to continue this. We don't have to accept everything they tell yes, you. Yes, rather brother Seema want a big meal or just some fruits, whatever he want, we're going to pay for him to have it. Whatever the clinicians feel that the dialysis patients need, we're going to pay for them to have it. You know, we, we want you all to be comfortable. They are nuts and done. Okay, I want to wish meal or I have to prepare meals for when I go in into the day. No, we want you all to be comfortable. You all are under enough stress as, as it is. This is mm-hmm. one thing you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So when, like, stuff like, did, did, did any of you contact any dialysis patients to hear their feedback? Yes. Yes, you we did? Yes, we did. In Provo yeah. or Grand Turk? In Providenciales and see. some from okay. yeah we okay. we, we got come y'all can call me we we got persons directly and indirectly oh, okay. because some people may not want to speak to me directly but they will get the message to me I see yes I see. you know so nobody can say oh you tell the opposition no I didn't tell the opposition mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend but you have a right people have yes. a right they don't have to be concerned even if their names are called people have a right yes, to but express. But, people but I know are, how it is. People are still fearful in this in this climate. They do feel mm-hmm. like the government will be vindictive towards them. A I lot see. of people still feel that way. I know, know some people feel that way. I know some people do feel that way. But they shouldn't have to feel that <clears> way. You know? Yes. You know, they have a right, you know. Even civil servants. Civil servants are afraid to identify with a political party, you know, uh, which well, is their constitutional shouldn't. right. They probably shouldn't identify a political body. But it is their constitutional rights to identify, but I still have to do my job. So why do people know I'm a PDM? You know, I mean, all all my life or working, everybody know who I am. I could have gone to a former ministers of health uh, that were PNP and they know who I am. I didn't mind. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my job. I was inside the lab. uh, The Honorable uh, Karen Delance was my minister at the time. She could have called me anytime. She know who I am. But she could have called me any time, and I would perform for her. She was my minister. So we get to go away from, oh, I get to hide which party I support, you know, because I'm going to be victimized, or they might think this or that. No. Mm-hmm. Honorable Karen, I support the PDM party. I'm going down with the ship. What do you need? Anything you need me to do, I will do for you. It's part of my duty. Once it's in my duties, I will do it for you. You're a PNP minister. I am a PDM supporter. This is my job. I am a professional what do you need from me, Honorable Minister? Honorable Minister, this is how I can advise you. Anything I can do to make your job better, I will do it. But yeah. you know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, that's how it should be. But um, when you speak to, to, to ministers of, of both PNP and PDM party, um, they did have issues with some of the civil servants who were supporters of um, the party opposite to the government in power. They did have issues. Yes. It's an individual thing, obviously. It, it is. It there is. are issues where people yes. put, and it's unfortunate that a lot of people put party first. Yes, yes. Instead of the country. Yes, you have to put your country first yeah. and your people. Not everybody's like you, Honorable Taylor. Yes. I mean, Honorable Austin. Yes, sorry. you have to put your country and your people first. Yeah. You know, and that is why I try to advise the government as much as possible right yeah. now, because my whole thing, Brother Seema, is... I want them to get these policies in place so I can build on it. You know, mm-hmm. I, want, I don't want to have to go through the work of just doing it because a lot of things I need to do right away. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I don't have to go and dig the foundation and so, you know, it'll be even better for me. I can just start building and let the people benefit because the foundation is already dug. 
So I'm trying to help them to get a lot of these things in place so I can go and really build a building where the people can benefit. So do all this legal work. Let's pass the bill. Let's get it done. Because where I want to take our people in our country, I want these things in place if, if and when I get there. Yeah, got it. Yes. Well, I, our time is up, um, Honorable. It's such a pleasure. I always, you know, yes. enjoy, you know, having you um, on the show. And I also, what I, I also like your your attitude and and your personality. Um, you don't take things personal. Um, you know, you as based my interaction with you, you you really um, open to to constructive criticism, and yes. I I really admire that about you as a leader and and just continue to have that type of um 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 personality because if you become the government you know i'll continue to write my articles and yes. i will continue to constructively criticize you yes and and and, and, I, and that's what i want you to do because mm-hmm. that is the only way we get better you yeah. need to hear a different opinion and what am, am i doing wrong so let me see brother seema say i didn't do this right so maybe there's something there he won't be saying it unless there's something there let me re-examine myself or my performance in this, on this issue and see what is there that he is seeing, you know, mm-hmm. from his point of view and try to correct it and try to see where we go from there. Yeah. Yes. So do you have any, and before we have any closing remarks, are you going to be running at large or are you going to be running in your constituency? Uh, I'm still in the constituency right now, and I am open to running wherever my party needs me. I am a team player. If they, my party wants me to stay in the constituency, I will stay there. If my party wants me to run at large, I will run at large. Mm. You know, I. I mean, I, I mean, if you're the leader, I mean, I would think you probably would run at large. Well, that that is six of one and half a dozen of the next. I see. Uh, we see in all other country are uh, the premier of uh, of the Bahamas. His constituency is Cat Island. Yeah, but they yeah. don't have it large. Well, uh-huh. well, I know, but I'm just saying, and they're yeah. doing okay. Uh, the leader of the opposition uh, from the Bahamas, he's in Grand Bahama. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know uh, the premier of Jamaica. We know his constituency. So it, it's six of one and a half a dozen Yeah, but our system next. is so, like, I think BVI is the only other place yeah. that have um, the at-large. And, and Everybody the, else is, is, is one-to-one. Yes, and, yeah. and, we let, and we let the British tell us these things. So you would change that, right? That would yeah. be part of the constitutional yeah, change you, for you? You wouldn't have at-large? No, if the people want it, we'll give the people what they want. If the people like this at-large system, I like the at-large. we will like continue it. with it. But mm-hmm. uh, they, they make you think that the leader have to be at-large, you know, and they try to dilute uh, the local influence. Okay, if we get the leader must be at-large, then this one can get in. It doesn't have to be a Turks and Caicos Islander. It give a chance for other people to get in. So we got to look at the motives behind a lot of things that was done in 2010 and 11. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's right, but this is yeah. how I think about it, and we should not be fooled by systems that were put in place to dilute the influence of the local population yeah. of the okay. indigenous Turks and Caicos Islanders. Okay. You know. Right. Is that so, your closing remarks, Honorable? No, no. Well, I mean, you know, oh, I want, okay. I like want persons. Go ahead. Go yes, ahead. yes. Go I, ahead. I want mm-hmm. persons to know that, you know, I am here for them. The PDM is here. Uh, our aim is to improve, really improve the lives of our people in our country to really get them on that right footing, you know, that we can be one of the best countries in the Caribbean. And I truly want to do this. You know, this isn't just... Uh, political talk. This is my mission. I feel it is my mission to take the country really to that high level, that high level where our people are successful, our people are happy. You know, 
businesses are owned by local people. Jobs, everybody who wants a job is on a job. You know, we have continued learning from 8 to 80. Everybody who wants from cradle to grave learning, I should say. Anybody who wants to learn can learn. We have qualified people in all areas, you know, not just economics here. You know, so I really want to transform the country. I want, really want to protect our borders, deal with the root issues of crime, you know, stop all these boats from reaching our shores. I want to do all those things, but we have to hit the ground running. And I am ready and making myself prepared to hit the ground running to deal with all these issues and deal with them right away for our people. Not for my glory, but for the glory of God and for the benefit of our people in our country. All right, Honorable. I wish you um, um, the best um, as you seek to become the next premier of the, of the Turks and Caicos Islands. I, I sincerely wish you the best. Thank you very much. It's been much. a pleasure. Um, and have me back on, you know, anytime. Of course, All you gotta do I can is have tell you me back the date. On. Of course, I can have you back I'll on. Be back. I, you know what I want, Honorable? Yes. I want to have you and the premier on together. Yes, yes. And, and I must tell people, you know, there, there's no hatred between myself and the premier. We really no, no, get no. on real good, and no, no, no. it's no problem if he would I don't think people it. think that. Yes, yes. There's yeah. no hatred or no disrespect there. So, But I have to do my job, and I have to touch him up when he's not, I feel he's not performing. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, and I look forward to being back on the show and look forward to more discussions with you and informing our people. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to Financially Speaking. Um, I'm Jarek Sosimo, and I had uh, the leader of the opposition and the PDM party, Honorable Edwin Oswert, who is hoping to become the next premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Thank you for listening to Financially Speaking. Uh, we'll be here next Tuesday, same time, 11 a.m. on RTC, the number one radio station in the Turks and Caicos Islands. Thank you. Speak.